Ephesians chapter 5. We're in a new section that basically comes out of chapter 4, verse 1, to walk worthy of our calling. And we have seen that a worthy walk is a walk of love. A worthy walk is a walk, you know, I just, be imitators of God. I just, I don't know. That's a little bit on the heavy side. But we walk in love because that is the worthy walk and we are to walk in the love that is Jesus Christ. We are to walk in light. The light that is Jesus Christ. We were darkness. Okay? Please remember, you were not in darkness. You were part of the problem. So you are darkness. And now we're going to move into a section. We are in Christ, therefore we are in light. We walk in light, therefore now we should walk in wisdom. In wisdom. So if you would, please follow in the reading of these three verses. Therefore, verse 15, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Father, we come now to look to your word, to your hope. So, Father, I pray that you prepare our hearts even now that we understand this worthy walk is a walk of love, is a walk of light, is a walk of wisdom. So, Father, help us. Help us to hear these amazing things. In Christ's name. Amen. Walking in wisdom. This is part of the worthy walk. If I am going to, remember I told you that this book deals with unity. All right? When there's disunity in the body of Christ, somebody's not walking worthy. Or should I say, somebody's are not walking worthy. All right? Because the greatest testimony that the church has to reach the lost is unity. Is unity. Now listen, I'm, I'm adamant. The unity that we are talking about biblically has no compromise in it. I, I see a lot of people wanting the churches locally to be unified in the name of compromise. And you can't do it. It does not lend itself to unity. I mean, you may be able to look at it, but there's no spiritual growth there if everything I'm going to do is compromise. So when I look at the whole book of Ephesians, I'm looking at the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for that to function as we have been instructed in this letter then we have to walk worthy, each and every one of us. Even if we're dealing with people who are not walking in love, who are not walking in the light, who are not walking in wisdom. I know you heard my joke, so I'm not really wise, huh? But anyway, what can I say? 
In case you were wondering, we live in a world of fools. Okay? Actually, it's full of fools. I uh, guess you could call it a fool's world. Everyone is born with it. You are conceived in it. Man is born a fool. Let me give you a text. Hosea, don't go looking for it. You'll never find it. All right. Hosea chapter 14, verse 9. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous will walk in them. But transgressors will stumble in them. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. You want me to read the rest of the verse? Do not spare the rod. You will beat it far from them. I didn't write it. (laughs) Okay? Take it up with the author. Okay? Listen, that's how man is born. That is... uh, Man's nature. Foolishness. He's in a state of foolishness. Now listen, I bet you I can go around this room and every single one of us has had an event in our life that we would classify as foolish. Most of you are saying amen. I had a PhD in foolish, so... Okay. You're not going to embarrass me. Been there, done that, got merit badges. Okay? But I also would say that if I asked each and every one of you what is a definition of a fool or foolishness, we would probably have a whole bunch of different definitions. Right? Well, that's not my issue. My issue is how does the Bible... Define foolishness. And I can really state it pretty quickly in a uh, simple statement. One who is apart from God. Anybody that's apart from God is a fool. Now don't run out of here and tell all your lost friends, you know, you're a fool. <laughs> okay, because you, you, you will not ingratiate yourself to them. Okay, but uh, you, I have spent this week, this week has been bizarre, but I have spent a lot of time with some lost people, and it was amazing because I was, this has all been marinating between my ears for about two weeks, and I sit and listen to these people, and I'm thinking, wow, so many illustrations everywhere. A wise one is who lives in line with God, with God's principles. Listen, all men, and I want to be equal rights, and women, 
are born separated from God. They are born a fool. I guess if if I wanted to kind of delineate it, I would say God's wisdom is absent. Absent. Did you know as I... I've been digesting this for some time. That there are characteristics of foolishness. When you think of the book of Proverbs, what do you think it is? Book of Wisdom. Yeah. Have you ever read it? Man, it's a book of fools. He is going over and over and contrasting, here's the wise guys, and this is stupid on steroids. That's not the terminology that he uses. But I mean, you just read it and you're like, wow. And if I look at the book of Psalms, which is book of praises, it's praises to God, but it contrasts it to fools, non-believers. And the book of Proverbs does the same thing. It shows you this is what wisdom does because this is where you're at. If you go to the book of Psalms, see if I can find it. Ain't it that big one? Yeah, there it is. Psalm 14. Verse one says the fool has said in his heart there is no God when you say there is no God then it is defined in the next line of that verse they are corrupt okay now then I want you to read on because it says they have committed abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. All right, so a characteristic that you can think about is the first thing they conclude is that there is no God. There is no God. Listen, this is not just an intellectual ascension. I have ascended to the fact there is no God. All right? That's not what is consumed in this. That is part of it. But it's very practical. They are corrupt. We give them the title of atheist. And yet, if I look at a person who does not know God or does not believe there is a God, then I understand that what they're doing is corruption. It's an abomination. It reminds me, years ago, I was reading a guy that you guys, I do not recommend. Sigmund Freud. Please don't ask me why I was doing it, because to this day I don't know. Okay? But his thesis for psychology was practical atheism. So people are saying, well, why are you against psychology? Ooh. Because it's practical atheism. 
So the first characteristic, a fool lives a life and its function denies God. Uh, it can be anti-God even. They like to poke at, oh, you're so silly. Why would you believe in a higher power? Have you seen him? And I won't get into all. I've had these discussions. I debated some uh, college professors down at uh, Western State. I got set up. I was a sitting duck. I didn't even see this coming. I was supposed to be working a youth group down, or a youth gathering down in Western State. And they said, well, come on up. And they had these three professors and me going to discuss evolution and creation. You're like, what? <laughs> the proverbial lamb to slaughter. When I went in, of course, I was introduced as a pastor. I took them apart with their science. How can your science work in light of what you guys say is true and call that evolution? I mean, the law of entropy. Anytime there is a movement of energy, there's a decline of matter. How do you evolve out of that? That means we all are going to evolve into dirt. Oh, wait, that's what the Bible said. Okay, uh, I won't get into the triple helix DNA strand on that every living being organism has. And in that DNA strand is everything that is needed for that organism. And so if that organism wants really bad to move from a snake to a lizard, that DNA strand says, can't get there from here. Okay, so it was it was an interesting debate. I doubt if I won any of them professors because I could tell that they were, shall we say, non-winnable. <laughs> they are anti-God. Now listen, we got a lot going on in our country. It is hammering us every day. You know, I just received an email from my cousin. He says, so what is August? Dinosaurs, earthquakes, or volcanoes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's about the truth. Okay, so anyway, I look at people. One of the things, and I try to get you people to do this, listen. Listen to what they're saying. Yeah, there's times that it makes you want to blow a head gasket. But if you listen to them, then you understand your Bible better. And you will stand back a step and cherish your salvation. Because you're like, man, I used to be like that. <laughs> Those people who are in foolishness, they are dark. They cannot know the things of God. In fact... To a fool, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the things of God are foolishness, and natural man understands not the things of God. When I share the gospel with people, I do it in a very, I guess, a stealthy way. I don't use the Bible. I use their foolishness. 
Because I understand that a lost person can't understand the things of God. So I point out their foolishness, and then if they're interested, I will explain to them how to get out of that. The things of God to a fool, they think is foolishness. One of the most incredible things, and I've seen this in spades this week with some people, is that to a fool, foolishness is wisdom. I mean, it's incredible. You just sit there and you go, wow, how'd you do that? So the first characteristic of a fool is that they deny God. That's how they operate practically. Now then, please understand this. This is what I've, I've dealt with people who are married to unbelievers. Okay? That unbeliever, God has no binding force on them. Alright? The law of God does not restrict them in any way, shape, or matter. That's that's why they always say, do not be unequally yoked. Why? Because, and it's worse for a woman, because a woman is supposed to submit to their husband. Okay, well, I can look at the women right now and say, how many of you want to be hooked up and submit to a fool? Okay? I didn't see any amen. Okay, the conscience of a fool is pragmatic. It lives out atheism. Now understand that it is apart from God. Okay, so that's the first characteristic. Second characteristic. Here's something that it is as plain as the nose on your face that we always miss it. All right. And I, and this, this is one of those where I don't try. I told you that I don't share the word of God with the people. Okay. Because they can't understand it. Okay. But this is the one that I always get them with. All right. The second characteristic. No man ever can live without a God. So when I listen to the fool, very shortly there in a conversation, it dawns on me, what is it you worship? Because man was created to worship, and I've never met a person in my life who doesn't worship. What is it you bow down to? Okay, now you see, see how sneaky I am? I mean, I'm just a stinker. All right? But but it, I've never met anybody who doesn't worship. Now, normally, they're worshiping self, and everything is to the idol of self. But, I mean, they camouflage it, and uh, I, I, I worship Corvettes, or I worship Harley Davidson. Right? Nobody worships a jet bike. Um the, you know, maybe a big house, a little house, a cabin, or, or something to this effect, right? We will always have something that we bow down to, all right? It's not a question 
of do you worship? It is a question of whom do you worship? Okay? I've known people who have gotten addicted to heroin and cocaine and a few other odds and ends. And they were very established people making nice livings, had nice families, had little kids, had grandkid things happening. Uh, they had a big house, a little house, you know, summer house, a boat, all this stuff. And yet they worshiped themselves to the point that I would prefer to have cocaine than all of this. And I've watched over and over. They lose it all. Lose it all. And you sit there and you go, you had the world on a silver platter and for a narcotic, a drug, you were willing to give it all up. Everyone bows somewhere to something or to someone. So, if there is no true God, the fool will make a false God of his own creation. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. I'm not just making this stuff up, people, in case you're wondering. He's just mad at people right now. No. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Book of Judges, what does it say? Everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. What is it? We're all a bunch of fools. He becomes the one who determines truth and error. You ever seen that? Well, I think my generation... Yeah, the, the late baby boomers are the ones who facilitated this door. You ever heard this statement? If it feels good, do it. I remember a song of a group I really like. Love the one you're with. And we all said, Amen. Why? Because we had rejected God in our foolishness, and we decided this is right or this is wrong. I remember dealing with a whole bunch of different people in my past who were into open marriages as long as it wasn't theirs. Oh, yeah, I believe in sharing that spouse or that spouse. I just don't want to share mine. Well, then that's not open. See what I mean? They're doing what is right in their own eyes. He becomes the one who determines right and wrong. And it's for his own, his own way, his own. I, I, they would call it enjoyment, but if you look at them, it just don't look like it's that much fun. That is the result of denying God. You make your own. God. And you usually create it in your own image because you know I'm just so pretty. And I'm so pretty that I'm so smart because I'm a fool that I know right and wrong and I shall set that standard. There has been millions and millions and millions of people killed by dictators who were the ultimate authority. 
whether it is Lenin, Stalin, Mao, even now, we have leaders who are slaughtering people because they are the ultimate authority. Thirdly, after he sets himself up as a God, Proverbs 14.9 says, Fools make a mockery of sin. They make a mockery of sin. What you and I believe, as the Word of God says, as a sin, they will laugh at it. It will be silliness to them. He makes his own rules because he has to justify his own behavior. All right? He wants to make sure that he's all right at the end. See, if I get rid of sin because I made the rules, then at the end, there's no consequences. See what happens? It's, it's just this state, if you've been here a long time or some years, they decided that we would have medical marijuana. Okay, if you had a doctor's whatever, then you could go to these places and you could get marijuana. Okay, uh, I remember talking to a Bedouin over in Israel and he, he was talking about it. <laughs> and he says, if the camel gets his nose under the tent, he will sleep with you. And you're like, what? In America, we said, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll want a glass of milk. All right. I remember doing a swap meet up in uh, Greeley, motorcycle parts. And across from me, right across from me, was a, mer- a medical marijuana booth. And he had all of the people. They were all lying. And they had this little guy there, and he would talk, ask you a couple of questions, and he'd write you a script. And, of course, they had some woman giving out samples. And I thought, I hauled these motors and these tires and these frames, and I could have just brought Doritos and probably made more money. Okay? And then I remember one of the authors of the bill says, well, I can't believe anybody would cheat on that. And you're like, oh, fool. So now what do we have? Now we have recreational marijuana. First time I went to Baku, Azerbaijan, I was talking to the pastor that was putting me up. And he asked me, so where are you from? And I told him, Colorado. And he says, you got marijuana. I'm like, I'm from Colorado, and you know us for pot. Gosh, I feel better already. Why? Because we mock sin. We mock sin. It's funny, I hear people saying, well, it's not really that big a deal. And my first thought is, have you ever smoked it? And it's funny, no, never have. I have. Much. Too much. I think it's the reason I'm kind of slow. There is no... The only thing that I know that it does do, it augments the taste of Doritos. But then I realize it augments the taste of everything, especially if you're hungry. See, the fool makes his own rules. 
so he doesn't have to listen to his conscience. He wants to make sure that there are no consequences. A fool lives practically as there is no God. And he substitutes self as the authority. And he rules his own life and denies that there's sin. Because that's where he relieves his guilt. Okay? This allows him, and I'll be equal, or her, to go further. Fourth characteristic. Fourth characteristic of a fool is that it will have an effect on others. You know what that means? They like to share their foolishness. They share their foolishness. He denies God in his self-thinking. He becomes the God himself. He mocks sin, makes up his own right and wrongs. And then he wants, in a dramatic way, to affect others. Because see, if I can get a group of us, all together, in agreement, then I can't be wrong. When the fool talks, note this. This is why I I try to get people, listen, listen, listen. When a fool talks, he always talks about his own opinion. Okay? Proverbs chapter 15, verse 2. If you have a bitter fountain, what will the water be? get it? Listen. When a fool opens his mouth or her mouth, you are not going to get wisdom. I don't care how adamant they are about it. It is foolishness. And you know what? I know it's foolishness because he or she wants to promote it. Let me tell you how great this is. So they deny God. They make themselves into their own God. They mock sin. So they are the arbiter of right and wrong. They speak on their own authority, which generates their own opinions. Now then, look around. Tell me how wrong I am. Look around. It's all right there. The world is full of opinion of fools. And you know what? Maybe it's just me, but I think it's picking up speed. I think it's picking up speed. Deny God, become God, mock sin, get rid of the reality of the consequences. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 22. Understanding is the fountain of life to one who has it. But discipline of fools is folly. They want to share it. 
The instruction of fools is folly. They're busy instructing others in their opinions. Listen, this is the lost. This is the unregenerate. This is the people that are dark. All of these describe a fool. They deny God practically, intellectually. They become their own gods. They mock sin. They live based on their own opinion. And they contaminate the rest of society. Think about this for a second. These people, when I say it contaminates the rest of society, that which damns his own soul, he makes sure he shares with his children, he shares with his friends, with those he walks with, with all who will listen, so that he can damn them all. That's fool. And this world is full. Absolutely full. Proverbs 1, verse 7. You might want to remember this one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instructions. So, where does knowledge come from? Fear of the Lord. Okay, fear is reverence. It's, it's one of those where you go, oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She lists her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gate, the gates of the city, she utters her saying, How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? The scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and the fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. You know what? When I read that, you know what I get a picture of? Jesus Christ. I think about him. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Kills the prophets cried out to you, you would not come. What do you see around you today? Chapter 10 of Proverbs, verse 21. The lips of the righteous feed many. Amen? You know what the rest of the verse says? But fools die for the lack of understanding. Fascinating. Truly, truly fascinating. I will close with the New Testament text. All right. Second Timothy chapter 
3, verse 15. Paul, this is Paul's last letter. He's encouraging young Timothy, continuing the things that you've learned and become convinced of, knowing with whom I you have learned them. But in verse 15, he says this, And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is Christ Jesus. Wisdom. All scriptures inspired of God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So, that's laying the foundation for the walk of wisdom. What's the alternative? I just give it to you. You will become your own God. You'll make your own rules. You sear your conscience as an iron. And in your absolute foolishness, you'll want to share it to the damnation of souls. Look around. Everything you just saw there comes out of Scripture. And what you do outside of those windows is what I just shared. Okay? So, arm yourself for the task that is at hand. Understand that natural man does not understand the things of God. And it's considered foolishness. But it doesn't take time. So I try to get people to listen. Listen to what they're saying. Because they will condemn themselves in their own words. And once they do that, then you can give them the hope that is eternal. Kind of doesn't fit all of the... Hand them a tract. Well, yeah, there you go. All right. Let's pray. Father, we love you. I praise you for the amazing things you do. Continuously, continuously. Father, help us. Help us to walk worthy. Help us to stand in the grace that it is Christ Jesus. Father, help us to walk in a manner worthy. Help us to walk in love. Help us to walk in that light. Lord, help us to walk in your wisdom. Not our opinion, your wisdom. And Father, let us be sensitive to those who are fools, who are dark. Help us to be patient with them as you were patient with each and every one of us. Father, we love you. We praise you. I thank you for your word. In Christ's name. Amen.